cold wind descended over the Bay Area as the 49ers lost another fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> it's It was, like, legit cold. I almost felt like it was this – it was great, I want to say, on Saturday. I remember, like, rolling around, my windows are down, <laughs> whatever, and, and then it kind of seemed like the fucking – Wind of despair. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Came through. <laughs> Came through all the way to Miami. Yeah. Yes, I, I have ten cardigans on right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Dad bod, rap pod, back once again. Uh, your humble content herders, Damone Carter, aka Dem One, joined by the Cardigan Brothers, uh, Nate LeBlanc. How's it going? Cardigan B. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> oh man, and. Mr. David Ma, how's it going? Going well. I don't think I can follow that Cardi B joke. Cardigan D. <laughs> Cardigan D. God damn it. Damn it. Cardi and, D. In lightweight, I actually have one on two, but I but Carby D. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um I yeah, I actually have a fucking cardigan you on do. too. But I, I buttoned my like shit. Tag, yeah. tag team. <laughs> yeah. A triple tag team right yeah. now. So so we're uh, I was able to button it when I bought it. Oh, <laughs> my shit is, is Lycra. The shit stretches. Yeah. Uh, did you guys watch Super Bowl at all? A little bit. I little had bit. it on a little bit in the background. I wasn't really paying attention. I was as, as check a out social media. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as we all yeah. yeah, quite the quite the halftime show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hips don't lie. Um, <laughs> no, I've I've been I've been posting on Twitter a little bit about um, my NFL sobriety, uh, which I thought would be in in threat. On, on Sunday, right. so I kind of had made some alternate plans just to kind of stay f- away from the game. Full disclosure, I was the biggest fucking 49er homer for so many, but basically 30 fucking years. Yeah. And so after the whole Kaepernick shit and kind of concussions and like, oh, the league's so fucking racist, I took a step back from it, but I have an admission. I backslid a couple weeks ago when they were playing the Packers, because there's just something about that. Like, oh, my God, it's 49ers, Packers, fucking Aaron Rodgers. So I tuned in, and, like, Nick Bosa got a sack. And I was like, yes, no. <laughs> oh, it was so – I felt so nasty. And so after that, I was like, you know what? I got He thought the quarterback was an immigrant. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, so um, – oh, Wow. Nate is on fire right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I'm I, also a reformed Niner fan. Like, yeah. I grew up with it. We were, like, blessed in our childhood to have, like, yes. some of the greatest teams ever. My family's really into it. People have season tickets. Like, there's family traditions around it. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a really important way of how I, like... Relate. It's funny, though, because, like, I'll still, like, know about football, even though I don't watch it. Like, yeah. you're yeah. Just, just being it's on Twitter and in the yeah. ether and, like, yeah. flipping channels and seeing, like, highlights and stuff. And, yeah. like... I can still have a conversation with someone who watches football. Like well, I'm not I'm not, not knowing. It's it's the intergenerational link, right? Like I can talk to a sixty year old dude about something and that's like one of those things, but it's been great to have uh, emotional divestment. Yes, um, I agree with from that. From the part. whole shit. Cause right. when I checked in I was like, Oh, that's what happened? Sucks for y'all. <laughs> I know how that feels. I was in the fetal position in 2012. Yeah, I tell you what, that would uh, hurt my feelings. Uh, yeah. I was never a football guy anyway, so it's yeah. one of those things where like, oh, uh, you're boycotting it. Uh, yeah, I'll boycott it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. very easy to yeah, add I'm my name y'all. to the yeah. petition. It yeah. was. Uh, it was. It reminded me of like during the summer, like Dolce and Gabbana like did this super offensive ad towards Chinese people. Oh yeah, and, I and China that. was totally um, boycotting it, and right. some comedian was like, oh, I've been boycotting their $300 T-shirts <laughs> this whole time too. 
<laughs> so it's one of those. I don't really care about football. Dave, Dave took all his Dolce and Gabbana out and just threw it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's, it, but it's like the social thing. So my ex hit me up like, "You're not watching the game? It's a social event." And I'm like, "No, I'm a fucking footballaholic." Like. I can't just drink can't, socially. I yeah. can't drink a quarter. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I really can. I don't want to fall back into the hole because uh, having fucking your Sundays back, like that's it, the best part. Just I and would, not being mad all the time and not being mad, right? So I would have been a nervous wreck for the last two weeks. So kind here, of thinking about I, it. So I did backslide. I watched the second half. Uh, me and my wife had this whole day planned, and then she wasn't feeling well, so it kind of didn't happen. So I'm just sitting at home. And I was kind of flipping around through all the streaming services, and I was kind of like, eh, we're not really involved in a show right now. Nothing's right. on. We're caught up with our episodes. And she's, she was like, I wouldn't mind knowing what the score is. And I was like, that's permission. Boom. Going <laughs> I'm in. in. I'm going then, in. Yeah, we watched the whole second half. We missed the halftime show, but we watched it on YouTube later. And, uh, yeah, I just I watched the second half. The Niners gave it up. Yeah. And Mahomes yeah. is an incredible player. and. Yeah. Tyree Kill's an incredible player, and we, but I didn't feel the need to stay and watch the interviews after or yeah, like yeah, yeah. any of the yeah. like the ring. You don't have to shit, wallow in it, you know. Yeah, I yeah. just uh-huh. I was just like, cool. That was the game. Now it's now like getting to like on. dinner time. Let's go make dinner and then like just have our night. The the great part about the Bay Area is there's so much shit going on. Like I went to the store. Like nobody gives a fuck. Like yeah. I mean, if you're into it, you're into it. Like there's a lot of like flags and shit, but there's a I would say two thirds of the people existing in the Bay Area could could not give a shit like, totally it wasn't, oh, yeah. it we, wasn't um, a big deal we actually went to ikea because we thought that it wouldn't empty like oh. it, that people wouldn't be there so it was basically getting to be the first half and uh the indian and asian families who were <laughs> also yeah. also frequenting ikea on a sunday oh, yeah. afternoon did not give a shit about the super bowl uh, I no. it was probably a little less crowded than normal which means it was extremely crowded yeah. oh totally and yeah. we the we went through you know you have to go through the whole maze to find what you want uh amy poehler has the best ever thing about ikea which is that uh the word ikea is swedish for argument <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah you know i'm i was Less testy than a normal Target run, but still not happy to be there, basically. Yeah, never. Yeah. So we were looking for a new, like, bar cart kind of thing for our, our kitchen because we don't drink anymore, so we want to, like, put it away. You know, where we sit. Yeah, we yeah, do, yeah. You guys know. Anyway, uh, find the thing finally after going through the maze for, like, what felt like six hours but was probably, like, 25 minutes. <laughs> and then we get to the warehouse part, and it's just not there. And it's like, this oh. this item currently unavailable. Oh, and I'm like, wow. my God. Yeah, why would you want to tell me that earlier? Jeez, why would you want to tell me that when I could still go out the back way? Like, <laughs> is it cool, Swedish thanks. for fuck you? Yeah. Like, wow. it, meanwhile, there's like an Indian kid hanging on a shower curtain. <laughs> totally. Fucking... <laughs> Every time Multiple I go there. people just yeah. chilling in the beds. <laughs> yeah. At, like you're supposed to. Then. The yeah, busiest meatballs. part is the Swedish meatball yeah. line. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. So it's it's was a it was a whatever weekend. We're we're back. It's fucking Monday. Um something else. It's fucking Thursday for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's true. true. <laughs> That's true. In our fake radio world, this is live on Thursday. But in real life it's fucking Monday. Uh it was a weird kind of last ten ish days in the kind of rap. Uh, Twitter space. Sure. Um, it, there was this really interesting uh, post from a shiny suit era veteran that kind of really sparked this conversation about the shittiness Oof. of the of the record industry. I don't know if you guys caught uh, Murder Mace, or he's not maybe Murder Mace now. He's like he's some kind of ex preacher, pastor. No hard R. 
Yeah. It was just right. Murdah. Murdah. <laughs> Even oh, back then makes, when he was. That's right. That's yeah, right. but now he, now he's like Pastor Mace, right? Right, right. And he, he hangs out with Troy. Not Pastor <laughs> Troy. Maybe. Um, Pastor Troy inserted himself back into the conversation in a really <laughs> weird way. Uh, but yeah, he, he had this, um, I guess it was an Instagram post where he called out uh, Puff. Diddy. Diddy. I'm 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 from the Puff era. Right, right. I I, I want to call him Puff, Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy. Uh, <laughs> so he calls him, he calls out Puff Daddy. Can we go back a further step though? Sure. Because there's a little bit more to it. So at the Grammys, right? Puff gave a speech at one of the non-televised but still important parts where he said he put the Grammys on notice. I'm doing air quotes. You guys can't see that uh that the grammys uh mistreat black artists right. and that they That's have right. 365 days to get it together yeah and yeah. Puff, or, or yeah. puff is gonna make them listen to a cassie song i don't uh, know yeah. what like take that take what that. he's gonna do to them but that's where this comes from so mace was responding to he was res- okay virtue signaling right. on this grand stage at the grammys talking about right, black right. talking about black excellence and so mace uh yeah mace essentially calls him out for apparently mace was trying to buy back his publishing rights right for, for two, two million dollars and puff Seems would not about right yeah would not yeah. sell it to him and so um, he was kind of calling him out. How is that black excellence? Kind of calling him a hypocrite mm-hmm. and really shining again a light on the shitty kind of business practices of the music industry. But I thought it was interesting to put this other lens on it because you do have the mogul types, the Puff, the, the Jay-Z. You know, they just had the Rock Nation brunch with all these cats. Right. But there's this idea, and I think there's a lot of merit to it, that they are um, as exploitative um as you know the old the old white dons of the sport so. uh, parallel to this and i'm not sure if one instigated the other or not Kalise also came out this week and said that uh the neptunes had never like given her a dime off either of her really? two albums wow. and i really? saw some some interesting kind of discussion around that apparently she never wrote any of that stuff sure and that's how you oh. get the money paid. yeah okay. so like you if you look at the like Milkshake was written by Chad and Pharrell for mm-hmm. Britney Spears. She didn't oh, write the lyrics. She didn't okay. write the music. So okay, got it. I think talk about catching an alley oop though. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. It's like so, and like she considered Chad to be her best friend, and mm-hmm. she felt taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And like I, I'm not here to like confirm or deny any of this hearsay right. that is taking place on social media. But I do know just from my very minor entanglements in the music industry that if you don't write the song. You don't get paid. Totally. And especially if you, you could write the song but not own the publishing and also not get paid. But yeah. she never, it seemed to have, right. and I haven't like studied the credits yeah. of Khalees albums. I don't know. But someone was saying, it's like, look at these credits. Like, you don't, see, you you don't see her. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Where, where are you at? Well, it's, it's interesting because, again, I guess disclaimer of not having a super amount of knowledge about the, the inner dealings of the record industry. But... I think on a basic level, it's one of those things where it's so routinely shitty that you just kind of like, well, that's the shittiness of it. Like, don't you understand that it's shitty and it's kind of. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's a it's an old tale. I mean, people have yeah. been talking about it since Motown. So yeah. fucking Khalees, like, do you think like after you just record a video and dip, you're going to get a million dollars? Right. You know, right. There's kind of that idea that the artist has. There's always this discrepancy between what the artist thinks they're owed and what the the industry label person but there's always this this kind of element of trickery right there's some there's always this kind of hint of the way that a publishing deal is set up 
not having not only not having a lawyer not having a power lawyer to is what i've heard in my again my very tangential Mm -hmm. space around the music industry it's like if you don't have someone powerful enough to negotiate things into a contract you are going to get fucked like that is the the central premise there's another wrinkle to this which is that when people get record deals which there aren't they they do exist but they're exceedingly rare these days they if a lot of this um confusion could be cleared up if instead of calling the money you get when you sign in advance right they called it a loan loan which is which is what it is right so everyone's like in advance that means i'll get it I'll pay it back later. Like, yeah. but the, people don't think of it like that. They mm-hmm. like run around and like think they're rich, and it's right. like all you've right. done is like taken out a loan against your Yourself. future yeah. potential your future earnings, earnings, and you might not really understand the path to how you actually get back in the black on that. But today, because they're supposed to do everything for you, right? Like this machine supposedly. is going to sell right, you and right, package you right. and get you in the right places so yeah. that you will. But like very f- small percentages of that actually actually happens. happen, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. kind of to Dave's point, it's this thing of like you, you kind of should know by now. Uh, my homie Worldwide always has this thing. He's like, y'all ain't got Netflix. Y'all didn't <laughs> see a fucking. You haven't seen all the biopics. Where this goes down, but I feel as though it's one of those industries that's purposely, um, legalese is used yeah, very yeah. heavily to kind of um, purposely mask, ambiguous yeah, for a lot to, of things, to, for sure. To for mask sure. the fact that it's an exploitative industry. And I wonder, and I would put this question out, in 2020, um, why, you know, why is anybody still kind of running headlong into this? I was watching a video of a, one of Nate's favorite rappers, Machine Gun Kelly, <laughs> um, <laughs> who's essentially like tap dancing on a table, which, which on a, on a, at a record industry meeting, he's like performing on the he table. He was playing them his new shit. Right, right. right. But also on the table, right. like. He was on the table. I'm not yeah. disputing but a lot that of he was yeah. on do the that. table. I mean, that's part of the protocol. Yeah. You which, have to sit in a room with all these white people and play them your new music, yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah do mean, you have to get on a table? But a lot of them do. A lot of them do, actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 We've so, all seen those clips of like Kanye like jumping around on a table, like lots yeah. of bands doing it. If right. you get and these if white you don't get hype, how are they gonna get hype? Yeah, totally, totally. Right. It reminds me of that uh the episode of Atlanta, which is never coming back. When they uh when they're in the industry meeting and it's like Paperboy and the Donald Glover characters so there. Good. And it's just so th- th- how they captured the uncomfortable kind of weirdness of I all. The, the, oh, yeah, I, I love those dynamics, dude, yeah. at play yeah. in those episodes. Yeah. Like, here's the exec, here's the yeah, it's yeah. So perfect. And he's like, "Oh, I'm 28 Savage." Ha ha ha. And it's just like <laughs> they're like, "Oh Lord." So you kind of get a you kind of get a sense, I think, um, that yeah, that was a great kind of uh, dramatization of how weird that space is. And again, I wonder. In 2020, where there are a great many models, and in our interview that's coming up, we, we talked to an artist who's right. really um, blazed his own trail almost by not trying to. Right, right. Um, I mean, he flouted, he flouted the model. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, and it's just kind of like ah, I put the shit out when I want to. If I don't, right. If I don't feel like it, um, it it just it's kind of amazing to me that people are still running headlong into these types of situations. Like it's. Yeah, I don't know. I just find yeah. it weird. Well, I there's find certainly it weird. an element of trickery to it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Still, and that I feel like that's always going to prevail. But you know, you also got to take take into account like you're a fucking adult. Like this dude across the room is a is fucking shady. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't you, know. You can't go in with good intentions. The record industry, I don't think, is one where you can go in with good intentions and talent and then think that that is going to win you the day. So I'll just ask you guys this: like, 
there's a long history of artists who were on Bad Boy mm-hmm. whose careers didn't go the way they thought they would or like sure. maybe didn't capture their potential. Sure. Craig Mack, yep. Loon, mm-hmm. Black yep. Rob, yep. G Depp, mm-hmm. so many. Um Total. How much mm-hmm. of that and obviously we're speculating here, we don't know anything about this, is that puff and like label fuckery like we're talking right, about and yeah. how much is like other Artists, factors Artists, totally totally weird. drugs right partying right right mismanaged expectations totally. not actually having a follow-up to your good up. song yeah. like or just sucking afterwards right like, yeah yeah i don't it's, know it's it's a weird thing because it essentially what puff has been doing is like farming talent right mm-hmm. and like i'm sure he sets it up to where i'm sure he sets it up to where if if and when you cease to be um, something useful, that, useful to profitable. him, profitable. Profitable. Right. Right. It's over. Like, and, right. and the only thing that I think is cheesy about that, and kind of going back to Mace's point, is don't hold yourself as like, oh, I'm this black mogul. We're in this business, and we're we're fighting against this thing. Right. right. When you're just you're essentially doing the same shit. Yeah. yeah that. Yeah was done to black artists by white labels. It's like Cadillac Records all yeah, over again. Definitely disingenuous. I yeah. Mean, you know, it's one of those, but then people are just going to be like, hey, Puff and Jay-Z are capitalists. Oh, my like, God. Like, wake up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I'm you just saying. as a yeah, no, no, Perfectly into my segue, which is there's a really good article on OK Player today by a writer named Andre G. Shout out to him. That the headline, and it's about exactly what we're talking about, about and I'm just going to read it verbatim, is, Black music executives have to be honest about lying. Yeah. And it's about yeah. Puff and Jay-Z in particular, yeah. and the, it kind of covers the Khalees. Okay. Uh, okay. Got it. Neptune's kind of thing um, in some detail. Um, I I guess my question is more for you, Damone, which is like, is it worse? Is it is it worse than it was? No. Is it worse to have it be like, for lack of a better term, this is a terrible term, black on black. Yeah, fuckery. Fuckery. Um, industry fuckery. Yeah. Um, in some ways, and this kind of ties into the the Super Bowl banter, in that um, you know, you take an artist like Jay Z, where you could you could make an argument, with the exception of Kanye, not too many people that came through his shop are doing exceptionally well. Like you know, <laughs> I mean, like the guys that were supposed to be his team and who he's supposed to nurture. Freeway, Beanie, Beanie Siegel, right, right, like. Uh, right, you know, if you right. weren't a badass producer in your own right, you know, it was kind of like, ah, you're not useful anymore. And so it, the only reason it it sucks is because they do put on this veneer of this is a family We're you know, we're For bringing sure. we're bringing the hood into the thing. But at the end of the day, you're just you're making the same kind of calculated hardcore capitalist right, moves right. that anybody else is making. And so you. Yeah, I, I I came away, and this is one of the few times I would say this, just like totally agreeing with with Mace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, and that uh, I thought he told you he wouldn't stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. He, he it it's it's one of those things where well, like, don't call it black excellence. Just say you're you're out there to make money. Like yeah. Jay Z's whole foray into trying to mix his capitalist model with social justice. And all the fuckery that went on kind of around the Super Bowl. And you see those cheesy commercials they had. Totally, like, totally. We kind of care about police stuff. Um, just right. it, it was bad oh, news. Were those the Anquan Bolden mm-hmm. commercials? I, they had I found that one. pretty affecting, I have to say. I was like, dang, they're talking about this on the Super Bowl? They, they reached their tom- target demo. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, but it's it's Jay-Z provided that entree. They oh, have, I, I get that that was a joke at my expense now. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Touche. Yes. Um, it, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's one of those things where those, those things aren't possible without Jay-Z making headway and using the Kaepernick situation and kind of a, a principled stand for an opportunity. Like, he just turned it into a cynical-ass opportunity. Those commercials talk about police interactions. Like, what, yeah. the, what the fuck is it? That's not a drug. It's like a drug interaction. Like, oh, don't totally. take Cialis with alcohol. Police is shooting motherfuckers, man. Like, come on. Like, what are you doing? Okay, let me ask you this. Uh, apparently... Rihanna turned down the Super Bowl halftime show because of the Kaepernick situation. I believe it was last year, maybe the year mm-hmm. before. Should Shakira and J Lo, J Lo, and your your friends Bad Bunny and J Balvin have yes. turned down this massive opportunity? I, I thought it was interesting. Um, again, turning POC against each other to um, to to posit like we're just going to go Latin then, like right? Because right? Right. like they have too controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they they kind of have. You know, no, nobody expects Shakira or J Lo or any of them to no have way. the solidarity to, to to make that stand. So it was, it was very well played on the part, cynical but very well played. Like, okay, if the black megastars won't fuck with us, here's another huge totally, totally. market that we're trying to get into American football. Um, that we're, we're trying to get hard. into it, all right. J Lo's pushing fifty, and I she must is say, fifty. She woo! looks amazing. Have you guys yeah. seen Hustlers? No, I haven't. Uh, so it's a good movie, and I recommend watching it. Maybe not quite as good as people were making it out to for be, the dialogue. But is yeah, it? She, she's great in <laughs> it, and uh, her pole dancing is incredible. And yeah. she's she just looks amazing in that yeah. movie. And so that she's referencing for those people who's who have seen that the, the whole pole dancing part of the halftime show is like well we know where she picked up that skill set she was just in this movie where she plays yeah. shout out to cardi b who i'm sure coached her up on, uh, uh, on some of that I, cardi is pretty funny in her very brief moments in that movie yeah yeah so i you know it, it's fine look everybody's trying to make a buck i just think be honest about it if you are the the greedy capitalist bastard um and also I don't know if that makes it better to be honest with you I, well, at least you're going in with transparency. Like, yeah, don't... but, but it, it's not like they're going to give you a contract that's two pages long with everything laid out. Like, that would be being honest, right? Right. It's like, right. you should have known I was going to fuck you over is better than I fucked you over? Uh, how about, this is how we fuck people over here. This is the, this is the record right. industry. We are at highly the, exploitative. At the end of the day, you'll be famous. God. And you know what? Most of the time, artists will fall for that shit. Mm-hmm. Hook, line, and sinker. Because right, right. you, as the artist, um, the creator of the music, want to be heard. Mm-hmm. You want to be loved. And that is the key difference, I think, be- of people in the music industry. There are people there that are, I make money off this. And there are people that are like, I want love and validation for my totally totally. i'm glad you brought up the validation part of it because i have a lot of friends who are like writers right and Mm -hmm. anyone can self-publish a book like i could have a book tomorrow if i wrote one and went to one of the publishing houses and picked out the color and the font that i wanted on the title absolutely but i still want random house to fuck with me yeah you know what i mean it's like that would be a much bigger deal i I probably wouldn't write the kind of book that would get me on good morning america or oprah or whatever but like I, I would want the validation of professionals saying that it was worthy of their attention. 100%. Yeah, and, and, and having that, it... In, that's the in, the music industry model writ large, right? It's a right. little different with book publishing because I feel like it's a little bit more behind closed doors and it's actually more tightly controlled. At least right. there are rock nations and bad boys and kind of like yeah. uh, people who have achieved success, like pillars of the industry, really. Mm-hmm. 
I don't I don't know. And Dave, maybe you know a little bit more about this. Like, is there like a, a an urban or like a, a independent bookseller that's like come in and change the game? No, but it seems like I mean, it seems like, you know, with the music industry, you have like the big pillars, the big iconic, like the universals, the whatever. Right. And in the book publishing world. There are so many. Uh, basically, every university has three different presses. Right. And then Times out by independent, independent presses. And right. So right. It, it seems like a way so more diffuse. spread, spread mm-hmm. out world. And, and it, it kind of it makes me think that, again, I just keep going back to there are so many models to put out your music and, and do your thing. Does it require you to do a shit ton more work than maybe somebody had to do right, who got a right. record label, who got a record deal in 94? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But. Um, there's just a lot more ways to get paid, and the fact that folks still aggressively pursue that kind of thing has to do more to me with validation and this idea of wanting to be on and in everyone's face, yeah. and that ultimately makes you vulnerable as an artist. There's so many artists, Griselda mm-hmm. being probably the best current example of made their own shit, did it their own way, protected their own music, and the industry came to them and had to negotiate with them on their terms. Like, West Side Gun on, what is it, Jimmy Fallon? Mm -hmm. Screaming, right, brick on my brick? (laughs) Like, that that to me is black excellence. That's you coming in the door with your own business and doing your own thing and just, like, you know, letting it be known. I think um, there's a component that we're missing though where it does work for some people and like the way that i want to kind of take this is there's a couple of famous shelved slash leaked albums in hip-hop right Uh large professors debut record black Mm -hmm. bastards yeah by kmd yep and i'm trying to think of a couple others but maybe you guys can remember some and that there was like a a time where people were getting signed and it, all the good groups were signed like already brand yeah. newbie and tribe yeah. like in the yeah. 90s like all the good groups were like getting getting record deals and yeah. like generally speaking um having pretty successful careers and like being validated mm-hmm. by the machine and then there were these ones that never came out that we now know are really good records sure so like mm-hmm. is uh, this Del like, Del had a shelved electro record which is right really, right, uh, right future yeah. development future right development. Yeah, yeah another great example because yeah. we think that's a really good record I yeah. definitely get why Electra didn't think it would sell sure it's right. not really a commercial record it's right. an underground no. rap record not not when it came out right, right. like like there was right. a sea there was a sea change but speaking of that souls was was I heard kept their publishing like so th- really even smart though from Jive. yeah from Jive so even though that their run was only two albums mm-hmm. for Jive um they're still able to to profit and that was a really like fuck yeah smart move and totally. to, and to your point uh Nate it's having that exposure at that time gives you a career that for the you rest can, of your life you still have it Right, like mm-hmm. you still the mm-hmm. ninety three till is will be ninety three till in twenty thirty in twenty sixteen. When would you say it would be until? <laughs> uh, climate <laughs> climate scientists say about twelve <laughs> to twenty years. So <laughs> very nice, so, very nice. So okay, so this is my, the end of my thought. Okay, is like that third Craig Mack album good? Okay, it is that Loon album good. Is that Little Cease album good? That's that's where so, I think the but, crux but, of the issue is. Is Puff it, smart or evil or both? Uh, it definitely got to be a mix, right? Like he wouldn't be where he is. And I, and, I, and I believe Jay-Z is I don't the think same. there's any such thing as like a billionaire with good morals. No, 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 no. Because so. it's, it, it's at its core, it's exploitation and extraction of other people's talents. Not to turn this into Marxist dead bod rap pod. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I kind of feel like 
yeah, it's a little bit of both, but uh, at the same time, being a rapper is such a tenuous thing. If you don't have the right producers, if you don't have the right push, yeah, maybe Craig Mack did a shit record, and maybe Puffy was like, uh, all the A producers are not fucking with your record. Like, the the moment, what I think happens to a Craig Mack is there's a sea change. Right, and the moment right. the moment that something like what he was doing, which was a very red manny mm -hmm. kind of Jeep music, the culture turned. Like, and Biggie was, like, right on that cusp, and he was able, you know, bullshit and party Biggie to, like, um, you know, what he was doing with Juicy is he and th that was at puff's insistence like that's yeah. the, the everyone got, knows that he did not want to do juicy but it became the biggest career defining thing for him because right. in puff's defense that's what he's good at marrying yeah. huge pop samples with street rap into a palatable radio format is his genius and and yeah. maybe and maybe craig mack wasn't with it you know what I, mean? I mean there's just right, there's right. no there's telling a lot of, that yeah. wasn't the flavor he had in his ear <laughs> Oh man. Uh so so yeah, it's it's always going to be one of those squishy things. Um I you know, I've talked on this show about my my son's musical aspirations. He's not a rapper, but uh producer, singer-songwriter, and a lot of what we talk about is this idea of understanding how to do as much of this for yourself as possible. Right, um right. so that you are not in so thirsty in need of of a deal which will ultimately be exploitative and totally, totally. for everyone that it works out for there's like 20 million people who it doesn't work out for. totally and, and we're talking about different models and stuff so if you're if you're gonna self-publish you keep all those margins you keep all the fucking yeah. numbers yeah. but then again you, you have, have the giant box of books in your right uh, in totally, your basement. totally. <laughs> but each one you sell you're getting 100 percent of that shit you right know? Yeah. so yeah i don't know I, I think there's a lot to it though yeah and it's it's one of those things where um the music industry shrewdly um, came back, you know. I I love that part in the uh, what is it, the Dr. Dre propaganda movie, uh, the the Defiant Ones, <laughs> where they talk about how they thought Napster was gonna be the depth, the depth, depth of yeah. everything, right? And they were sh the industry was able to shrewdly move back into a position where now you're getting your streaming is getting a fraction of a fraction of a fraction mm -hmm. of a percentage. And the industry still benefits. Mm -hmm. Like it's profitable again after like a fifteen year unprofitable yep. kind. So only yeah. huge companies can ride out fifteen years of no profits. Right. right. And, and like people with diversified interests, right? Mm -hmm. And then they can come back and change the rules and be like, Oh, okay, now this is how this works and we still have the biggest megaphone and we still you know, so it's it's one of those things where I continue to be amazed that these models still work, but at the same time, um, there's somebodies, there's a million somebodies who want to be Cardi B. Of course. There's a million somebodies who want to be Da Baby and all that shit. So that'll always be a thing. Like, you'll never, you'll, I don't, somehow the, the, the not rainbow fruit in this for me is like, there'll always be a puppy. There'll always be somebody. The selling of the dream is a more lucrative profit scheme than the actual dream. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, I think to your point, it makes it a little worse when it's one of your own. Yeah, yeah, because we yeah. have these ideas about solidarity and, right, how, right, and how we right. show up and people kind of sell that. And we'll never know what's being said in these meetings. Like, are they mm -hmm. saying just straight up disingenuous totally, things totally. or are they kind of being honest in, I, the, in I, the way that you're describing, Damone, yeah, where they're yeah. like, hey, come into the, the snake's lair. You know what I mean? Right, like, enjoy right. these like yeah. these little baubles, and then you, you know how this is going to go, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of, but I, I kind of feel like, you know, I, I do feel like the black mogul is saying, 
you want to go with Clive Davis or do you want to come with me? Like, I think you know that's what I mean? happening a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, you're playing into the, the, the kind of this fake racial mm-hmm, solidarity, mm-hmm, which, mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a black person, I feel like I've learned how to weed out some of that. They're like, hey, brother, come here. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, you can't, you can't run that one on me. But um, it's sad, but it's, it's just, it is a part of the game. And I, and I feel like the more artists come out and talk about it, what I'd love is like, okay, Mace knows how this works, right? So wouldn't it be great if he just did a YouTube series about how not to get fucked in the right. music industry? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'd, imagine I'd watch having it. two million dollars to buy your publishing back. Totally. Like, well, that's totally. a whole like he said part he of this waited, we're not talking about. He said he waited until he was in a financially secure place and right. pipping Jesus, yeah. to come back and um, <laughs> always profitable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> most profitable yeah. thing. Hey, you know what? What's more? Yeah, what's more profitable than rap music is fucking mega church. So, right. uh, but he said he he waited until he was in a financially secure position so he didn't come across as the angry kind of like bitter yeah and and look there's an element to this that like okay did he really offer two million you know there's always i don't want to take that his word as law but we just know that um industry rule number 4080 still applies but there's an artist who for whom that rule doesn't mean shit uh and that's right (laughs) and we were fortunate enough to talk to him today um an artist that we've been talking about on this program quite a bit i'll have to say ear to the street leblanc uh (laughs) put me onto this cat same uh, same. in 2018 uh he goes by the name of tree chicago based rapper um who is the progenitor of soul trap and uh just one of the realest Oh my One of the realest. most unvarnished artists in the world. His music is his life, as you're about to right. hear. And uh, released three Incredible. legitimately great records last year and yep. is going to release a few more this year. So we're kind of, as if a culture. he doesn't culture, go to Jamaica. Yeah, right. we're, we're, we're lucky to have him back because he had his little run in the blog era, the mixtape totally, area, the, totally. the, the 2009-ish era where... Um, I don't know if you guys caught this, but I believe it's on We Grown now, and I, I kind of wanted to ask him about it, but just the way it was going, I didn't. Oh, the Sunday um, school cut. I don't mess with the Sunday school cats. No, when he was saying, um, Epic decided to, to sign, sign Bobby, Bobby Shmurda over me instead of him. Yeah, and I'm like, what executive is hearing Bobby Shmurda and Tree <laughs> and thinking they have equal chances to be successful for Epic Records? Like, right. how is that a decision you make? Like. What does one have to do with the other? Like that's about as far as hip hop, totally, and it's totally. all its beautiful, like weird kind differences. Of like, yeah, yeah, like uh, polarity. Right. <laughs> like I don't get how those. That's your choice, and how those are the only two options. Like it's just bizarre totally, to me. Totally. I, yeah. He's anyway, like, we got two options. Yeah. <laughs> We're going Tree <laughs> or Bobby Shmurda, and I wonder how that executive feels now. Like no, totally. Tree put out three great records last year. Bobby Shmurda's in jail, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that what, that all works. Oh, I don't understand. Man, that that. would have been a great question. I could probably picture what the executive looks like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, off, <laughs> off top, he's, he's climbing the uh, rocks with the electric guitar on his back. <laughs> what did what did Chad exactly. say? Uh, I sit in meetings with people that look like Channing Tatum and Peyton Manning, <laughs> telling telling me how I shouldn't be married. Like get the fuck out of here. Who said nice. that? Uh, Chad. Oh, that's really Chance, funny. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so, so yeah, Tree is, is He's so... like, did I mention I love my wife? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> wife guy number Praise one. Uh, 
<laughs> no, Tree is such a hermit too. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. And his whole thing yeah. is how he makes real life music about his life, and you know he's not super accessible. So yeah, to he, be able he to straight get up him. does not want to be famous. Totally. So he, don't go out and like yeah. try to like buy anything from him, you guys. <laughs> no. Yeah, it, it was kind of hard to uh, reach out from the to. Uh, get this uh, story for OK Player that I did with him uh, semi-recently. This is a great story. But, thank you. But, you know, I mean, so uh, through that, we got him on the show today. So that's really good because, you know, shout out to Tree because he doesn't want to talk to anybody and that's, that's a sentiment I get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but you know what? That being the case, wasn't sure what to expect in, expect going in. But um, he was super affable. Talked a lot totally. about um, his approach, his life, his Daughters. career. Yeah, yeah. His his whole fatherhood approach. Um, so here it is. Our interview with one of the dopest MCs in the game right now, Chicago's Tree. Dad Bod Rap Pod, always bringing you the dopest acts in the game. And today is no different. We have on the line um, a cat that we really got into just a, over a year ago, but has a, a really deep catalog, and we like him a lot. Welcome to the program, Tree. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How's everybody? Glad to be on the show. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I, I got a question to start out that I think a lot of people are, are wondering about. So weed is legal in Chicago now. Are you going to? Are you getting legal weed? Or are you sticking with the weed, man? Well, the the dispensary sold out in the first week. Wow! It's been bare ever since. So everybody had to go back to their usual route. Oh man! You know, they, the... they they opened the door to you know what uh, fifteen million people for the first time ever, <laughs> and they did they 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 didn't have enough supply to last a week. Wow! And it's illegal. It's illegal to grow in Illinois. So. Okay. What were they gonna get more from? We could we could talk about that after uh, after we get off this call. But um, it does <laughs> does does your name is that a weed reference tree? No, my 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 name is Tremaine Tree Man. Oh, okay, okay. That's my real name, and my my grandfather called me Tree since I was around three or four. That's that's dope, man. So so tell us a little bit about you're the the originator of Soul Trap. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of how that sound came together? Was it something that you sat around and thought about, or did it kind of just uh, organically happen? No. So I've been I've been all I've always been making music. I I, I grew up in a church. I used to I used to uh, when I was, I used, uh, my grandma used to make us and, and my mother used to make us go to church every Sunday. I guess to keep us, you know, keep us straight, I guess, borderline and, and, and know the right from wrong, I guess. But anyway, uh, I, I used to sing in the choir, so I knew mm-hmm. how to, I always liked music. I was always into, the, you know, the arts and, and, and stuff like that. So I, uh, as a teenager, I started recording in my room and buying equipment and so on and so forth. And uh, as I put out uh, Sunday School, mm-hmm. uh, well, before I, fought, before I put out Sunday School, I had a couple, you know, Chicago cats at the time that was just really digging me. It was uh, with, with me, uh, my music just came from out of nowhere and just was like, boom, I'm here. 
but it was because so many underground people just heard my music over the years, and they was just like, man, uh, uh, we, man, they, they, it was kind of like a word of mouth. So mm-hmm. uh, all of the writers that I already heard about it from other writers and stuff like that, uh, and one of my homies was just sitting smoking and listening. He's like, man, you got to, like, man, your sound is different. You know, they're going to, mm-hmm. once they start putting it out here, everybody's going to start stealing it. This, this. My homie Big Weird, that's his name, Big Weird from Chicago, actually. He's like, man, you got to call it some trap, mm-hmm. this and this and that, you know. Man, so, they reach out, they, they're so trash and so like, yeah, I like that. Soul trap. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it went something like that along that line. But that was, that was like 2011. Okay, okay, dope. Can we uh, break down your three albums from last year? We Grown Now, um, the uh, the Wild End, and um, the sorry, I'm, I'm misplacing the uh, the name of the other one. Uh, can we start with We Grown piece. Now? Can you okay, so talk We Grown about Now the approach and like what you wanted to accomplish with that one. Hey, so. Being honest with you guys, because I'm 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 not a rapper. I'm just a guy who happens to, to make music, and I, I just I just my music comes from real, real life shit, like my life. I don't, I'm not I'm not I'm not rapping about brawls in the club and having diamonds and chains. I don't have any of that shit. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you what's, what 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 life really has has brought me, what I really what I really seen, and what I really go through, yes. and it just rhymes. So uh, when I'm making my music. I'm usually in my on my home. Yeah. In my home. I gotta I gotta I gotta set up just like I had back when I was a teenager. Uh, uh pretty much the same Ricky Dent shit. And uh <laughs> and I I I I smoke a bunch of weed, I drink a little, I might pop me a a, a pill or something, you know. And uh man, I just really relive things and like get really emotional with it. Like it comes out. Like yeah. I'm I'm reliving it. I really think about it and I just rhyme things and uh and so many yeah. That's so many words. That's that's it. Uh, that's but great. we grown now is a collection of my 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 life over the last you know five years. Uh, sure. When I put it out, just traveling and just being a better father and and becoming uh, uh, you know a a, a real uh, a, a real person in my family, the go to person in my in my, my family, mm-hmm. and standing up and being the guy, uh, and just you know how basically just you know. Fuck rap! Like this is this is what really happens. This is what really going on, and I'm better than ninety nine point nine percent of it. I don't think I was saying that, but that's what it came off. That's it. In the end of it, I think I put out a classic record. Yeah, I recorded sure. it in my room. Yeah, I, I you know sent it to get mixed out. I meant to say everything in that shit, um, and I didn't feature nobody because, mm-hmm. uh, and I got a lot of relationships here in Chicago, especially with the younger cats. Yeah, yeah. and it's more and more important to understand that I don't want to do shows. Right. I'm not looking to to get booked, and I'm not looking to be this 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 uh, stage uh, this 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 the stage person. I'm not looking to be that. I'm 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 putting out my music. This is my life. This is my family. This is my kids. This shit is real. You know, you can look at my rest records. You can look at my my travel. My, I got I got full fucking passports. Uh, you know, this is me living my best life and telling people about it. And, and I guess my explanation as to why I didn't. Keep on going after the Sunday School Two and the whole MTV shit and the whole mm-hmm. European tour. I just kind of fell back into, you know, I'm not. I don't. I don't like being famous. I hate. I hate when I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a father. I'm a father. I'm usually with my kids, and if you approach me with my kids, I just there's, there's a real defense that comes over, and like I feel, I feel like I put my kids in danger in certain in certain instances that has happened. But for the most part, you know, 
uh, as long as I can make me a little money, man, I can, I can do what I want to do, travel the world. That's, that's happiness to me. I can take care of my family. That's happiness. I don't necessarily want to be, uh, you know, I don't want to be less than, than, than financially stable. Sure. That that totally makes sense. Um, really appreciate you kind of breaking it down that way. Um, we admire that approach. And as long as long as we can listen to the music, that's all that's all we want to. Um, right. Right. Can you talk a little bit about um, Vic Spencer and your project with him? Nothing is something. Um, what how, what do you and yeah. Vic just kind of vibe on the, the fatherhood thing or just both Chicago? Cats? No, no. Vic is just one of those cats that I told you that, that I had known had known of me. In the underground Chicago scene, you know, uh, circa 2010, 2009, when I was running around with Project Ma'am and GLC and Mickey Halston was still doing shows in the city and you can get on the bill with them. Uh, he's just one of those guys that, that, that I met in, in the scene and, you know, just always had good, good energy when we passed and we bumped out into each other. We always smoked spliffs together and, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and actually with the album, he was just, I just invited him to my house. And you know Vic, and uh, you know Vic was was, was was pretty influential into me. Actually, started doing more recording. Mm. Uh, he, he actually helped me. He encouraged me to go in and start recording, and uh, which I promptly put out the, the We Grow Now, and I recorded that, you know, and maybe you know, three four weeks, you know, two three weeks mm. is uh, you know it was just you know I don't need you know I don't uh, so anyway uh, with Vic Spencer he just I invited in my crib just smoking and. Like we're sitting, sitting, smoking, talking bullshit, and it's a whole setup, mic and computer right here in front of us. And I never do music. Like I just never do music. It's just always here. I don't make beats anymore. I just walk past this shit every day. And he just say, "Hey man, you want to do a song or something?" I look up and say, "You want to do a song?" He said, "Yeah, it's right here." And so I turned it on, taught myself how to use the shit right quick in the end. <laughs> and we just started making music, and, and and our process was was the only one that could work for me. And uh, we go through some beats. We find us a dope beat. Uh, we agree on it. Uh, he emailed it to me or I emailed it to him and he played off his phone, put his headphones on. And uh, I, I, I pull it up right on, the, right on the spot and I just, I don't write anything. Mm. So I just, you know, record four bars, six bars, two bars and, and you know, uh, punch it together. And by the time I get done, you know, spitting 16, Vic is done with a, with a, with a, uh, with a six, he just wrote his 16. And, you know, it was done, like, on the spot. You know, and, and like I tell you, if you go listen to that album, uh, those verses that I'm spitting with Vic, you know, with Vic, uh, you know, those are my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my, father, my brother used to catch me drinking, beat my ass, take my shit, uh, and drink it. You know, this is, <laughs> and this, this, is, this is just me freestyling off the top of my head, just reliving certain instances that's just making it sound good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody know that Vic is one of the, one of the most prolific guys especially coming from the city, Chicago. And, uh, you know, man, so he encouraged me to just, you know, do music. So that's, that's me and Vic's relationship. We just always been cool. We always just hang out and shit, you know, whenever we see each other. We don't necessarily talk every day, but whenever we see each other, that's my brother. Thank you for that, man. Thank you for um, talking about those three albums. The last time you and I spoke was for that feature for OK Player. And at that time, you mentioned uh, your upcoming album, The The Dirtiest Throne. Can you talk a little bit about um, what people can expect when when that drops and, you know, what's taking so long? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, oh, honestly, uh, because I am just just it's just me. I don't you know, I just I just had a few meetings this week about things that I'm going to start doing this year and moving more in the 
Griselda-like fashion, okay. you know, because I, I do have some hits that need to be done, and I'm, a, I'm in a position where I don't need a label or anything like that. Mm. So the answer to your question, what happened to the Darius Throne, is I've loaded the distro kid, and they gave me bullshit while I was in Cuba. I had no, no internet connection, so I couldn't resubmit it, and I just never put it out. Okay. You know, uh, okay. I just, I didn't have, I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had enough, uh, you know, I didn't have, I had enough, I didn't have enough people asking for it. So I forgot about it. I went back to regular life. <laughs> regular life, you know, regular life for me is actually pretty fucking fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. in Cuba when the shit was supposed to come out. And then I just came back from Thailand. I went to New York, New York, watched the ball drop just recently. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of living to be doing. And music yeah, isn't, yep. isn't stopping or, or, or helping me, you know, either or. So, um, uh, that was, that was, so that's what happened with the, the deadiest, the deadiest draw. So, and because of that, I just kind of felt like it wasn't meant to be. And in revision and, in in total new fashion, I'm going to actually put out a new project, another project. Oh, it's going to be called okay. the blue tape. It's actually going to be called the blue tape. And oh. I just, I just uploaded it yesterday, today, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, it should be, it should, it should drop February 21st. I got a few. Oh. Oh, okay. uh, uh, I, IG uh, uh, promos on the style releasing around on on Valentine's Day, but I, I'm going to be in Jamaica then, so hopefully they don't fuck me up <laughs> and, and fuck up fuck up the release of this. And if they do, I'll send you guys a copy of it via yeah. uh, we transfer anyway. Dope, but dope. Uh, yeah, so the blue tape is coming February 21st. Okay, perfect. and if I was thinking right, if I was thinking right, I would have dropped it February 22nd, so it could have been two twenty two. 2020. Oh, oh, <laughs> numerology. I like it. If I had any sense at all, but I was it's like, let me put this shit up before I die and never, <laughs> you never get out. <laughs> so that's the truth. All in all, that's the truth. Okay. Yeah, okay. Real guy. Blue, t- blue tape coming. Uh, you kind of, to me, represent a, a, a integral part of the, the Chicago sound. And you talked about your work with Vic. Um, are there, other Chicago artists that you're you're looking to work with would like to work with in the future? Uh, no, <laughs> no, no really. And that's, that's that's not to be funny. That's not to diss anybody. Right. Uh, like I right. like I tell you, you know, I, I got I got songs with Chance. I got songs with Saba. I got yeah. I got songs with King Louie. I yeah. I did all of that in in my younger sparring, trying to trying to be recognized days. And now you know I got this grown folk music. You know I I'm. Like uh, this this is real. This is the music that's gonna bring those 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 thirty olds about out, out the house and off the <laughs> internet. You know what I mean? Get them on the internet. This ain't for the this ain't for the eighteen year olds. They can't even make it. They can't they can't um. You know what I'm saying? They can't even got them with uh understand understand and or or, or they can't even they can't even mentally accept the fact that a, a, a man says he fucked a woman over and he's sorry. It's yeah, just they don't yeah. they don't talk like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> they don't talk like that. You know, uh, you know. Hey, I'm I'm just different. I got a niche yes. cloud, I got a niche uh fan base and we're gonna service them this year. Okay. Hell yeah. That's great to hear. Yeah, that's definitely good. And you know, word of mouth is all has has broken into this into this part. Uh and um yeah. Yeah, that's that last year was definitely a year when if you got in my car, I was gonna make you listen to tree. Just to make sure <laughs> Yeah. To make sure man, my, I, my... Listen, I I barely listen to my music after I put it out. I just yeah, barely listen yeah. to it. But about a, about a month or two ago, I put it in We Grown Now. Yeah. Mm. And I began to, to, to reminisce. Damn, this shit was fucking good. Am I biased? 
Like I kept looking at things like, nah, because if it was this good, it probably it probably would get a lot more than it did, even the streams and video. Like you know, I didn't, and I purposely didn't like shoot any like mega videos or, yeah. or anything like that. Uh, because it's like I, in my videos, I have my real kids. Like I'm at, I'm at the Air and Water show. I'm a black man in Chicago. I got my kids at the Air and Water show. Uh, these are my videos, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know I think you, you, legitimately, you legitimately made three great records last year. And my my personal favorite was The Wild End. And uh, I just think it's um, um, it, it's capped off so beautifully by the song Funeral. Like I was just, mm. I'm obsessed with that song, and I think um, everyone imagines what their funeral might be like. But you were able to kind of put it into a, a a prose form and to kind of like express it in a way that was really filled with, um, I don't know. I feel a sense of regret or um, like a kind of a. It's just it's deep, man. It feels very real to me. So, is there anything you can tell us about that record or that song? Oh, that record is just you know really like I said, just really. Uh, my feelings, my vibe, what I think. You yeah. ain't got to, you know, if you know if you know me, then you know, uh, yeah. if you don't know me, you kind of know how I want my funeral. <laughs> right. I'm saying, I, right. I want my brothers, I want the people in, 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 in the front, and I want them to be allowed to smoke and, you know, play, you know, do whatever they got to do. <laughs> uh, and then there's always those people in the back that just have to show up and show face. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got, you know, I got I got into detail about you know what I what I what I hope for my my family friends my cousins my kids the life I lived and, and the, the shit that you know yeah it's, yeah, it's you know beautiful growing up as well that's dope hey tree um I you know you you're sort of uh like you said you're not super into the music industry and everything but I'm just curious like what what artist are you currently listening to. And it doesn't need to be rap, just in general. Like, who, who, who does Tree throw on? Oh, man. You know, um, I'm very I'm very eclectic when it comes to music. Mm. Uh, sitting, in my, sitting in my house on YouTube, I'm going through everything. I'm going through, you know, 1990s hits with uh, James Blunt. I'm, I'm, I'm playing some guy. I'm, uh, I'm playing um, uh, Hoysier. I'm saying, uh, you know what I'm saying? I love, I love it all. I was just oh. playing Erin Erin Kane last night from uh, Chicago, and she's a beautiful singer, wonderful, great, amazing. If you guys aren't familiar with her, her name's Erin Kane. She did a lot of backups for Cyber and Chance, but she has a voice like uh, Aretha Franklin, and I just, mm. even fuck, it's like amazing, it's like milk, it's like, I mean, it's amazing, Joe, it's <laughs> her voice. But anyway, I just, I love anything that sounds good. Um, I was just I just posted from uh, uh yeah, I just posted uh, uh yeah, I listen to everything. Mm-hmm. Amy Winehouse, you know, shit. Mm-hmm. James Brown, uh, Soul of a Black Man. That's one of my mm-hmm. favorite songs ever. It just you can vibe to that shit and just man fuck you. You can do a line with to that shit. And I don't do no drugs. <laughs> I don't do weed. I do I do weed. I don't I've never never. But anyway. So yeah, yeah I I I don't I don't say I listen to rap music. Yeah. Listen, listen to rap music. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm a fan of the culture. I'm loving what I see out here, and and, and how, how, how everybody doing it. But uh, my music is I, when I make music. I I, I just I don't want to be tainted with no one else's. Mm. I don't want to say the same thing as, as anybody else because I don't feel the same way as anybody else. Yeah. Mm. You know. Yeah. Man, 
Tree, we are so grateful that you were able to come on. We want to make sure everybody knows that the Blue Tape is coming out February 21st. Yes, sir, it is. February 21st. 21st. The Blue Tape, Tree, Grown Man Rap, Lives. We appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. 